0: Welcome to Middle School Mayhem. If you're a middle school parent looking for practical tips and advice on raising your preteen or teen, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Bill Renner, and I'm here to guide you through the ups and downs of parenting during these challenging and awkward years. In today's episode, we'll delve into the various forms of bullying that exist in middle school, from verbal and physical aggression to social exclusion and cyberbullying. By understanding the different dynamics at play, we can better support our children and foster a culture of kindness and respect. All right, so let's start with first things first and defining what bullying is along with conflict. Bullying is repeated aggressive behavior with an imbalance of power, and conflict is a disagreement or a struggle. So imagine this. A larger, older, more popular student uses their physical aggression to intimidate or harm a smaller or weaker student. This behavior is repeated over time, creating a power imbalance between the bully and the victim. The victim may feel helpless and unable to defend themselves while the bully enjoys a sense of control and dominance. And now imagine this, two or more students disagree or struggle with each other over a particular issue such as a difference of opinion or conflict interest. This disagreement may escalate into a heated argument or a physical confrontation, but it's not necessarily characterized by a power imbalance or repetitive nature of bullying. Conflicts can be resolved through effective communication, negotiation, and compromise. Alright, so let's look at the key differences between bullying and conflict. One is the power dynamic. Bullying involves an imbalance of power between the aggressor and the victim. The bully intentionally uses their power to control or dominate or harm the victim, who often feels powerless and unable to defend themselves. In contrast, conflict typically arises from a disagreement or a struggle between individuals of relatively equal power or standing. Number two, intentional aggression. Bullying is characterized by intentional with repeated aggressive behavior. The bully purposely targets the victim with the intention of causing harm, whether it's physical, verbal, or emotional. In conflict, while there may be moments of heated emotions or disagreements, the intent is not primarily focused on causing harm to the other person. Number 3. Repetition Bullying is persistent and tends to occur repeatedly over time. The aggression and intimidation are not isolated incidents, but there's a pattern of behavior aimed at the victim. Conflict, on the other hand, may arise in a specific situation or context and can be often resolved through mitigation, through effective communication or conflict resolution skills. Next up is imbalance of power. Bullying thrives on the power imbalance between the aggressor and the victim, but the bully typically holds some form of power or influence, whether it's physical strength or social status or authority, which they exploit and exert control over their victim. In conflict, power is relatively balanced and both parties have the opportunity to express their viewpoints and contribute to resolving the issue. And the last one I'd like to bring up is the impact of well-being. Bullying has a severe and lasting impact on the victim's well-being, leading to psychological, emotional, and even physical harm. It can take a long-term negative effect on their self-esteem, mental health, and the academic performance. Conflict, while challenging, does not typically have the same detrimental impact on a person's overall well-being when compared to the repeated and intentional harm caused by bullying. These are crucial key differences between bullying and conflict, and it's important for us to effectively address and respond to each situation appropriately. By understanding the power dynamics and repetitive nature of bullying, helps us identify and intervene to protect those who may be vulnerable to its harmful effects. So, this topic is difficult and can be confusing, so let's play a game. I'll read a scenario and you determine if it's bullying or if it's conflict. Scenario one, the lunch altercation. Imagine this, two students, uh, Alex and Jordan, are having a heated argument during lunch. Alex pushes Jordan and they exchange harsh words. Well, what do you think? Is that a bullying situation or is it conflict? If you guessed conflict, you'd be right. The physical contact did occur, and it seems like to be a spontaneous disagreement without a clear power imbalance. So both students were engaged in the argument, and there's no evidence of repetitive or intentional harm. So, the answer would be conflict. All right, let's take this next one home with scenario number two called Sibling Rivalry. Imagine this. Sarah and Jake are siblings and they frequently argue and sometimes engage in physical fights over their space at home. So, what would you say? If you guessed conflict, you'd be right. Although sibling rivalry often involves arguments and the occasional physical conflicts due to shared resources, it typically lacks the intentional harm or power imbalance associated with bullying. Both siblings were vying for attention and resources, so that definition would tell us conflict. And here's scenario number three, back to school. In a social studies class, Sarah consistently criticizes and belittles Mark. She makes demeaning comments about his work and openly mocks him in front of other students. So you determine, is that bullying or is that conflict? Well, by the short scenario that I read, this appears to be a bullying situation. Sarah's behavior is repetitive and harmful, and she maintains a power imbalance by consistently targeting Mark. Her actions are intended to humiliate him and control him, rather than resolve a school-related conflict. So now that we've discussed the differences between bullying and conflict, let's move into the prevalence and impact of bullying in middle schools statistics and research findings on the prevalence of bullying in middle schools highlight the significant impact of the issues on students well-being here's a couple points to consider one prevalence according to the national center of education statistics approximately 20 percent of students in the united states report being bullied Middle school students are particularly susceptible to bullying as they undergo significant social and emotional changes during this developmental stage. Oftentimes, we think there's only one type of bullying, but there's actually many. See, Bullying can manifest in various forms, including verbal, physical, social, or even cyberbullying. Verbal bullying involves name-calling, teasing, and spreading rumors. Physical bullying, just as you imagine, includes hitting, pushing, and other forms of physical aggression. Social bullying involves exclusion, or spreading gossip, or manipulating social relationships. And cyberbullying often occurs through electronic devices and online platforms and social media and text or emails. Bullying often occurs repeatedly over an extended period of time and research indicates that 41% of bullied middle school students experiencing bullying at least once or twice a month, while 19% experience bullying weekly. The effects of bullying can be detrimental to a student's mental health, academic performance, and overall well-being. Victims of bullying are more likely to experience anxiety, depression, Decrease self-esteem, loneliness, and difficulties concentrating on their studies. Additionally, they may exhibit physical symptoms such as headaches or stomach aches and might be higher risk of suicidal ideation. Now there's something else to mention. Underreporting. It's important to note that bullying is often underreported. Many students fear of retaliation or believe that nothing will be done to address the issue. Therefore, the actual prevalence of bullying may be higher than reported, as figures suggest. And don't think it's just students, it's also parents who have the fear of repercussions toward their student or their students begging them, please don't say anything, it'll just make it worse rest assured we have ways to protect your student, protect the information, and we also offer many ways to report. Such is our confidential tip line called OK to say. Certain factors increase the likelihood of bullying. These include differences in appearance, race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, disabilities, social economic status. Students who are perceived as different or vulnerable may be targeted more frequently. Schools, parents, and communities play a vital role in preventing and addressing bullying. Implementing comprehensive anti-bullying policies, promoting positive school climates, fostering open communication channels, and providing education on empathy and respect are some of the strategies that we're using to address this issue effectively. I think it's helpful. By understanding the prevalence of bullying and its impact, we can work together to create a safe and supportive environment for all of our middle schoolers and promote their well-being and their academic success. All right, let's break them down once again for you quick. Verbal bullying, name-calling, insulting, mocking someone else based on their appearance, intelligence, personal characteristics. Verbal bullying also includes teasing and continuously making fun of someone or mocking their mannerisms, interests, or hobbies, along with verbal threats, using words to intimidate, scare, or manipulate someone, and often involve explicit or implicit threats of harm. The physical bullying is hitting or punching, physically aggressing someone or using force or violence. This also includes pushing or tripping, deliberately causing someone to stumble or fall or lose their balance. Taking or damaging someone's belongings also is physical because it's stealing or intentionally doing damage to someone's personal items such as their textbooks, their notebooks, or electronic devices. Those would all fall under physical bullying. The social aspect is exclusion purposefully leaving someone out of social activities or gatherings or group discussions. It also includes spreading rumors or gossip, sharing false or hurtful information about someone to damage their relationship or their reputation. It also includes manipulating social relationships, including encouraging others to reject or isolate a particular person, often spreading by false information or turning friends against them. And cyberbullying, and that's simply harassment through social media sending hurtful or derogatory messages, or comments, or posts on platforms like Instagram, Facebook, or Snapchat. It also includes online humiliation, sharing embarrassing photos or videos of personal information without someone's consent. It's also about impersonation or fake accounts, creating fake profiles to deceive the other by harassing them online. It's important to note that these examples aren't exhaustive and the bullying can take various forms depending on the situation and individuals involved. It's also crucial to address all forms of bullying and support these experiencing any kind of harm and harassment. The detrimental effects of bullying on students' mental health, academic performance, and overall well-being are all well documented. Here are some key areas that are significantly impacted. Under the area of mental health, think of anxiety and depression. Bullying can contribute to the development of anxiety disorders and depression among victims. Constant harassment, humiliation, and social isolation erode self-confidence and contribute to their feelings of sadness, hopelessness, and worthlessness. There's also increased stress. And the persistent fear and anticipation of bullying incidents create chronic stress, leading to heightened levels of anxiety and emotional distress. Suicidal ideation. Victims of bullying are at higher risk of experiencing suicidal thought and behaviors due to the overwhelming emotional pain and physical of helplessness that they endure. Now, the academic performance. There's poor concentration and focus due to bullying, and this stress and emotional toll of bullying can make it difficult for students to concentrate on their studies, leading to a decline in their academic performance. There's also decreased social engagement. Victims may lose interest in attending school or participating in class activities or engaging with peers due to the fear of bullying, resulting in lower motivation and disengagement from the learning process. There's also social and emotional well-being, with low self-esteem, as frequent bullying damages students' self-esteem and self-worth, making them question their value and abilities. They may internalize negative messages from bullies and develop a negative self-perception. Victims often face social exclusion and struggle to form meaningful relationships or connections with peers, This isolation can lead to feelings of loneliness and further exacerbate the emotional impact of bullying. The constant threat of bullying can hinder the development of healthy social skills and coping mechanisms affecting the victim's ability to navigate social situations and build positive relationships. And bullying isn't just short-term effects, it also has long-term consequences persistent psychological effects could be extended into adulthood, impacting individuals, their mental health, relationships, and overall well-being after the bullying has stopped. There's also an increased risk of substance abuse. Victims of bullying may turn to substance abuse as a coping mechanism to deal with emotional pain and trauma associated with their experiences. I know that this topic is heavy and this episode is a bit longer than the others, but I want you to know that addressing bullying and providing support to a victim is essential to mitigate these detrimental effects. By creating a safe and inclusive environment that promote empathy, respect, and proactive intervention can help mitigate the long-lasting impact of bullying on students' well-being and enable them to thrive academically and emotionally. Well, that's it for part one. And part two is going to help us recognize the signs of bullying or conflict along with how do you start conversations with your child about that? How do you provide an open environment so that they want to talk to you rather than giving you a one-word answer? We'll navigate that together and I'll share a few more stories as a dad about this sensitive topic. Thank you for taking the time and being a part of middle school mayhem. I'm your host, Bill Renner, reminding you to keep embracing the challenges, finding strength in the journey, and cherishing awkward yet beautiful moments that come along with raising extraordinary middle schoolers.